protecting cargo from theft, a bumpy road for freight markets, and the latest from the Logistics Manager's Index Report. Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories, as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the Group Editorial Director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Right Height. Do you want 24-7 safety at the loading dock? Right Height exclusively offers audible and visual alarms to help keep your people safe on and off forklifts, inside and out. Discover more at righthight.com. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors, Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham, will be along to provide their insights into the top stories of this week. But to begin today, Cargo theft continues to be a problem as products are stolen from facilities as well as in transit. How serious is the problem of theft and what can be done to prevent it? To address those questions, we welcome back our guest, Ron Green. He's the founder of Overhaul, a global logistics risk management software company. Welcome, Ron. It's good to have you with us on Logistics Matters. Hi, Dave. Great to be here again. Thanks for having me. Ron, for those not familiar with Overhaul, can you briefly tell us a bit about your company? I sure can. So we're we're primarily a technology company that we we provide services, you know, in the logistics and transportation space. And our our whole you know strategy is is mitigating risk while freight is in transit. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen to cargo as it moves domestically around the world. Our whole systems and solutions are designed to identify and mitigate risks while cargo is on the move, and one of those being theft. So we're talking about the issue of theft today. How serious a problem is it, and do you have any kind of figures as to how much is lost annually through theft? You know, cargo theft is a a significant issue globally. It's a significant issue domestically. Um, One of the challenges in my space, in my industry, is there's not real good data about how much cargo is actually lost from theft. There's there's not an effective reporting mechanism, you know, by any organization or government that has kind of given us accurate figures. The FBI has some published figures. Um, you know, we we publish trends. My company pub- publishes trends, but from what data we can capture, uh, but it is a, a multi multi million dollar, I mean, potentially even a billion dollar a year problem uh, domestically in the U.S. Are there certain types of products that are more vulnerable to theft? What what's kinds of things are stolen most often? You know, if you if you think about things you buy in your house, what can you resell on uh, online marketplace? Anything that can be easily resold, um, you know, for a you know for a certain dollar value, uh, close to retail value, those are the things that are are, are stolen. So pretty much anything, Dave. You know, if, if we look at our data, which is just a subset of the actual full data set, um, the largest theft item that we record is electronics. Anything from computers to printers to phones, anything electronic, cameras is is on the target list for cargo thieves. The simple fact they can resell those 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 products very easily, either through wholesalers or through online marketplaces. And is the higher value item more vulnerable as well? Exactly. The higher the value, the more sought after it is. You know, if you can steal a load of uh, computers that could be upwards of $1 million plus, 
you know, that's that's a pretty big win for a cargo thief because that's a um, they, they can resell that for, you know, probably 50 or 60 cents in the dollar uh, for what the retail valuation is. Ron, where are the products stolen from? Are they, is it from facilities or while they're on the road in transit, more likely? Predominantly, the majority of theft happens in transit. You know, so think of how, how goods get to somebody's house. Um, they're in a warehouse somewhere, you know, probably a domestic warehouse somewhere. Uh, they move from that warehouse to a, a retail lot or another warehouse. Think of a, you know, the big box stores or electronic stores. Um, that sell sell these products uh, to consumers, and there's full loads of electronics, full loads of clothes, full loads of home and gardening, all these different products moving down the road every day. We all see them when we're out and about, and they are ripe targets for cargo thieves to steal. A lot of what you do is providing technology that helps in recovery. So how often are these goods recovered? So within our our client base, which is a lot of the, the big household names around electronics, pharmaceuticals, alcohol, tobacco, high-end retail, um, you know, we're able to, we recover freight almost every week, uh, but our whole mechanism is to prevent the theft from happening in the first place. So our, our internal statistics say we're able to prevent pro- close to 99% of the theft that happens within our, our client base. Um, in terms of just broad recovery statistics, very few and far between um, because most most cargo theft if it's it may not be reported to the police there likely is not going to be a, a big investigation um, and it's it's gone in the criminal networks of course you produce technology that helps in that recovery effort can you talk just a bit about the kind of technologies that are out there to assist in recovery as well as maybe I, I know recently you issued a press release talking about some of the major wins that you had in being able to recover some of that cargo that was stolen. Can you talk about how that happened? Sure. So I'm going to talk domestically in the U.S. because every every region of the world is different from a crime standpoint. Um, with the in the U.S., the vast majority of cargo theft happens very close to the origin point. Think about that first warehouse I mentioned. Uh, where the shipment originates. So typically cargo criminals target loads coming out of specific warehouses. They know, likely know what's in that warehouse, they likely know what's in that truck, and they target those loads for theft. The vast majority of the time they'll follow that load until it stops at a truck stop, at a rest area, some other location, wait for the driver to leave that truck unattended. The driver goes in for a meal, a shower, a restroom break, and that's when they steal the load. They'll either break into the back of the truck or steal the entire load altogether and drive it away. Um, you know, our the rule of thumb, you know, what 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 we preach to our our clients in the industry is that if you can get truck drivers who are driving a load of product, if you can tell them the rules for this load are you can't stop for four hours. You must drive continuously for four hours before you stop for fuel or rest. That is a a very effective mitigation strategy. By just keeping drivers moving the first four hours of their transit, that prevents, in most cases, criminal elements from targeting that load, and they'll typically give up after 50 or 60 miles and go and go look for something else uh, that's easier. So if we can do the simple thing of getting drivers not to stop for the first couple of few first four hours, that is the number one mitigation strategy domestically. 
and our technology, you know, we monitor track monitor loads via uh, IoT devices and integrations. And when we see a, a load that stops in the first four hours, uh, we typically, you know, ring up, ring the dispatch or call somebody and say, this driver stopped where he's not supposed to, can you give us an update on that load? Uh, let the driver know that he's in a high risk area for theft and hopefully we can get that driver back on the road as quick as possible. You mentioned high risk areas. Are some areas worse than others for thefts, either parts of the country or urban versus rural areas? Yeah, if you ever driven across the country and you probably have noticed areas where there are a lot of truck volume, you know, the central states around, um, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, big, big metroplexes like Dallas, Los Angeles, Newark, Atlanta, Miami. These are the locations where there's a lot of cargo and that's where the cargo thieves go. You know, if state by state basis, California takes the top position for cargo theft. Uh, by far the uh, the highest rate of cargo theft or the no highest number of cargo thefts in the U.S. Is, is California and specifically predominantly around Los Angeles. As I'd mentioned, you had some wins in, in being able to recover some cargo in California recently. Can you talk about what happened and how that cargo was recovered? Sure. You know, and we're we're recovering cargo in California almost on a weekly basis right now within our client base. Um, these two recoveries we had over one weekend, um, the drivers did not follow the rules. They pulled out on a Friday afternoon from a warehouse. Uh, they they parked their loads in a yard you know, for the weekend. They went home for the weekend, which you know, which is very common. Um, our recommendation to our clients is why, why can't we hold those until Monday? Let them depart on Monday, which they can get out of the get out of the hot zone, we call it. Um, but they didn't. They picked them up on Friday and pulled them to a yard and and parked them. In the hours after they parked them, you know, we uh, were able to record that the door on those trailers was was open. Uh, our system allows for us to receive door open alerts, and we immediately, you know, escalated trying to figure out what's happening. And once we were able to talk to the different parties involved, it was very, very clear that there's likely something illegal happening. And that's when we call in law enforcement to uh, recover the load. In all cases, we have tracking on the device, but getting access to that yard. Uh, getting a, re a police report filed by somebody who is the cargo owner or the truck or trailer owner sometimes takes a few conversations to make happen, uh, but we're very effective in recovering stolen freight. You had mentioned that obviously there are certain rules that you advise your clients to follow with their drivers. What should drivers be doing in addition to some of the things you've talked about, about where you park and how where you take breaks, those sort of things? Are there certain things that they can do to safeguard the cargo in, in addition to the monitoring that that your company provides and others do yeah it's 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 pretty much it's you know very common sense you think of your own vehicle you know if you're in a, an area where there potentially could be auto theft you may take some precautions to park in a well-lit area park in a in a secured garage um, the same things apply for cargo uh, when drivers are driving across the country our recommendation is when they do pull off for rest or fuel you know, park in a well-lit area. Don't park in the back of the parking lot. If you have an opportunity to back the truck up to a hard surface or another trailer so nobody can get access to those those back doors, that does help. And if they can stay with the vehicle, you know, and not leave the vehicle unattended for a long period of time, that also helps. Um, so all those combined are our recommendations to 
to drivers. But number one important thing is stay vigilant. You know, there's there are criminals out there, and if you're aware of your surroundings, take some common sense steps to prevent somebody from breaking into the truck or stealing the truck altogether. It does go a long way to uh, prevent theft. Some very good advice. We've been talking with Ron Green, the founder of Overhaul. Thanks again, Ron, for being with us today on Logistics Matters. Thank you very much, Dave. Good, good to talk to you again. Thank you. Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. And Ben, you wrote a story about how truck freight patterns are changing in reaction to economic disruptions. Can you tell us more? Yeah, that's right. We cover, of course, the, the trucking freight sector pretty closely because that's obviously a foundational part of U.S. supply chains, any nation actually. Uh, here in the U.S., though, the American Trucking Associations, the ATA, says that uh, almost 75% of the nation's freight moves by truck as opposed to other modes. Uh, but that sector, like many others, has been pinched lately by challenges we've all seen, labor shortages, international strife, uh, and of course, the industry's own natural cycles. So right now we're living in a time when uh, U.S. trucking capacity is quite loose, which is good for shippers, but tough for fleets. And we got some news this week with some details on exactly how that trucking sector is reacting to these challenging conditions. It came from the, uh, the U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index for the first quarter. And what U.S. Bank found is that volumes continued to contract nationwide specifically the volume of freight shipments moved via truck that had declined in q1 uh, by a little more than six percent compared to the same quarter last year and that was the fourth quarter in a row that that happened so you can see we've really uh as we said moving through a trend here the drop that they were tracking was most intense in the southeast uh, and the west and also in the northeast uh, all of those were in the mid-teens for the percentage drop uh, also in the Midwest, it was a smaller drop, but that was the 12th straight quarter, so persistent. But here was the really interesting part to me. Shipments in the Southwest part of the U.S. actually increased by 14%, so really significant jump. In fact, the region's largest year-over-year -year increase since early in 2018. That is quite a jump, especially in a tough market. Did that report give any reasons for the increase? They did. U.S. Bank uh, pointed to two main reasons. Uh, one of those is a nearshoring trend. That's when companies tend to source goods, uh, in this instance, from Mexico instead of looking farther overseas. And they do that because of global unrest, like Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Um, we saw sky-high, enormous maritime container prices during pandemic. And reason number two was a shift of container imports away from West Coast ports to Gulf Coast and East Coast ports. And we saw some of those because um, also there were long delays for ships trying to unload during pandemic. Those have since come down. Um, but in the meantime, there's an ongoing threat of labor strikes. There's a long contentious negotiation between dock workers and port operators. Um, and and a few years ago that there was a, a long strike. and so. Um, many companies are trying to work around and, and reduce their risk on that. So they've been looking, uh, moving their freights through new ports. So, of course, that rise, uh, the, the fall in volume, in volume excuse me, um, is tied to a fall in spending. Um, spending on trucking freight fell nationwide, uh, not quite half a percent year over year, uh, particularly in the Midwest. 
Uh, however, it rose in some other regions, um, southeast, and of course, it rose quite a lot in the southwest. Uh, that, that's what we're talking about here. To put a little color on that, Bobby Holland, he's the director of freight data solutions at U.S. Bank. He explained it this way. He said that this quarter, that's the first quarter of 2023, was a prime example of how important it is to examine regional data when we're assessing truck freight payments. Boosted by growing truck transported trade with Mexico and increased activity at the Port of Houston, truck freight activity in the Southwest region is markedly different than what we're seeing in other regions. So that was the report from US Bank. Yeah, it certainly has been an interesting year in freight markets. And of course, we'll continue to cover all those ups and downs that we're seeing. Thanks, Ben. Glad to do it. And Victoria, you wrote this week about the latest snapshot of the overall health of the logistics industry. Can you share some details? Absolutely, Dave. Yeah. So uh, the logistics industry has been performing at lightning speed for the past couple of years, driven by strong demand for services during the pandemic and in its immediate aftermath. But those conditions have been cooling down recently, and that cooling continued uh, in April. The Logistics Managers Index, or LMI, is a monthly survey of industry leaders from across the country. Um, and the index slowed to an all-time low reading in April. It measured just above the threshold indicating expansion across the industry, um, registering 50.9. And to give you an idea of what that means, about a year ago, the same index measured uh, 76.2. Now, a reading above 50 indicates that the industry is growing, and when we see it in the 70s range, that indicates very strong growth, and the LMI was in that 70s range for much of 2021 and 2022. Uh, in a nutshell, what all this means is that demand for services across transportation and warehousing has slowed down. Uh, the researchers said that that's due to a continued reduction in inventories across the supply chain, which in turn is helping alleviate pressure in warehousing. Space had been very hard to come by and very expensive over the past two years, and that's beginning to change. We've also been uh, tracking the very sluggish transportation market conditions, and those continued in April as well, as uh, Ben just uh, gave us quite a bit of information on. Um, Victoria, many had been hoping, in a sense, to have some sort of return to more normal industry conditions. You'd mentioned the LMI is close to 50, just above 50 right now, which means just a tiny bit of growth. Is that what we're seeing, a more normal return? Yeah, it seems to be. I spoke to one of the LMI researchers, uh, Zach Rogers, who is Assistant Professor of Supply Chain Management at Colorado State University. And he said that the inventory um, issue in particular uh, represents what many in the industry were hoping for throughout 2022, when those inventory levels were high and warehousing capacity was very tight. Um, Rogers said the April data, which actually is continuing a trend that began late last year, may signal that uh, a return, I should say, to seasonality. And that he said the logistics managers are, are getting a better handle on the supply of goods and working through um, that glut of inventory they've been dealing with for the past year. So yeah, I think it seems that conditions may be getting back to the kind of growth we're more accustomed to seeing, but there's so much economic uncertainty out there that it's really still hard to tell what's on the horizon. Yep, it certainly seems that way. Thanks, Victoria. You're welcome. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories. Also check out the podcast notes section for some direct links on the topics that we discussed today. And again, our thanks to Ron Green of Overhaul for being our guest. We welcome your comments on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters at your favorite podcast platform. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. 
Speaking of subscribing, check out our sister podcast series, Supply Chain in the Fastlane, co-produced by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by Right Height. From inventing the vehicle restraint industry with the original dock lock to reinventing what full-time dock load safety means with Right View, hazard recognition and control. Right Height continues to always look ahead. Partner with Right Height today for a safer, more productive loading dock. Check out vehicle restraints at righthight.com. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters. Be sure to join us. Until then, have a great week.